Hey guys, I'm Zen. I'm Ollie. And we're and the Invincibles. We're the Invincibles. <laughs> yes, we got it. Fine. We got it. That was, that was good. <laughs> Second episode, right? Absolutely. What's up, guys? Uh, we got a lot of st- uh, stuff to talk about today, right? The Elimination mm-hmm. Chamber just happened last night. We got fresh reactions. We also did a live stream uh, on Instagram Live. Check us out on Invincibles Pod at Insta- like on Instagram, social media, stuff like that. I'll let you know more stuff about that. I'll let you talk about that in a yeah, bit. Um, Invincibles underscore pod on both Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. Perfect. And yeah, so that's where we're going to be posting all of our stuff, clips from our podcast, you know, try to kind of build a nerdy community because that's where we're all about having positive vibes all around with people mm-hmm. that love to talk about nerdy stuff. So yeah, we got the Elimination Chamber. Uh, we got the fresh reactions out of that. Um, we got some DCU news, right? James Gunn saying that we're going to get some new casting in the next six months. Hopefully get some Superman news because I'm super excited about that. Um, we got some Marvel news, right? Ali, you saw. Yes, very, very <laughs> exciting. Did didn't really expect to be you know getting any news about that anytime soon but there we go we'll talk about yeah yeah pretty much for those wondering what are we talking about tom holland is supposedly the main lead and king dynasty and the avengers hell yeah yeah, i'm so excited about (laughs) that uh, apparently in the same report they said that spider-man 4 will be coming out before kang dynasty so Oh, oh my god oh my god <laughs> like that that yes i'm so excited we got a lot to talk about today guys and yeah you know last but not least ollie you have your view of ant-man and quantum and wasp quantum mania yeah um that maybe will not be getting as much time as we hoped because there's not many good things to say about it <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you really, you really did not like that movie, huh? You did not rate that. Well, we'll 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 say we'll save that to last. We want to we want to want to keep the the vibe quite positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right, bro. So let, let's get to it, man. Elimination Chamber, WWE's probably one of the best shows they've run in a while. What were what were your thoughts about it? Um, I may I'm probably a bit biased when I say Clash at the Castle's the best show Triple H has put on, but I think. Try, trying to, you know, just look at it from a neutral perspective. This, this might be the best show Triple H has done. You think so? Like, yeah, besides, like, the, the Brock and Bobby match, which was okay because it's, it's set up something, you know, to come in the future. It was a brilliant show. Every match was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, should we talk about the main event first? Because that's the big one. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the main event. Let's just talk about the main event, bro. Like that yeah. was exciting, bro. That was really, really good. The standing ovation that Sammy got. Mm. They were sitting in the ring, him and Roman, for five minutes. And yeah. can we talk about can we talk about just how energetic that Montreal crowd was that they kept cheering oh, F you Roman, F you Roman. Like it yeah. was insane, bro. Like I think Sammy said in the press conference after I, I, I watched the press conference this morning when I woke up or this afternoon when I woke up because of the, the you know the time difference, but um, Sammy said that it's the longest ovation that that arena the Bell Center has ever seen in its history. Like so, someone told him that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it, a historic night, definitely. Um, and I was I was thinking during during that that moment that well that f- those that five minutes roman is is more than just a top level heel now like sort of linking to what you were saying last week he's become so much more than that he's a full-blown movie villain he's like thanos level type stuff 
so to kind of piggyback originally what you're saying, I still think the best show Triple H has run is uh, SummerSlam because just that yeah. crazy main event, it was fresh mm-hmm. off of the heels of Vince McMahon. A lot of Vince's storylines were really stale. Um, the only thing I kind of liked out of the bl- outside of the Bloodline stuff was Austin Theory. Like, I thought that was super dope, man. Like, he was just funny. Vince McMahon's golden boy winning the United States title. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I love me some heel Austin Theory, bro. Like, he's so good. And I'm so happy he retained at the Elimination Chamber, which we should talk about too later. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I, I think, I think uh, you know, a lot of Vince's bookings were really stale. And they were really uninspired. And it got to the point where I'm not watching the show. I'm watching the YouTube clips after. I'm watching the Instagram. Like, I'm scrolling on in. Instagram to see the highlights of the show instead of actually watching the show because everything else is so tedious. And when Triple H kind of took over and that SummerSlam show was there and, you know, it was just such a comic booky main event, like Brock taking the tractor and like destroying Roman, Roman yeah, still coming on so top good. and burying him. It was just so massively entertaining. So I still think that's the best show. Uh, mm. But I think Elimination Chamber, this just had the most hype going into it. Like Ariel Hawani, you know, is is covering this. You know, you have GSP, George St. Pierre covering this. You got, you know, you got, like, people on social media, people, you know, like, um, I forget the name, the rapper, 21 Savage. He's mm-hmm. he's tweeting about Roman Reigns, like, yo, oh, really? head of the table. Yeah, like, bro, like, that's what I'm Holy saying, shit. bro. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, wrestling <laughs> has become mainstream because of the bloodline in Roman Reigns. Yeah. And so, like. And and so when you when you look at um, that aspect of what Triple H's bookings have kind of brought to the show, and that kind of hype leading into it, there was an element of believability that Sammy could actually win. Like tonight was a night. It wasn't like Drew at Clash of the Castle where you more bought in as the match was going on more, but yeah. just like the storyline leading in, you truly believe this could actually happen. And there's and the, the, right? the near falls in the match just added to mm-hmm. that as well yeah like, roman Sammy is a master of times yeah yeah so both yes. both of them are experts in the 2.9999999 seconds yeah count. <laughs> yeah like sammy like sammy got you know pingo balled between jimmy and the ropes mm. multiple times got super kicked multiple times and he still kicked out so there was so leading the match like i'm saying like the build-up before the match there was an element of that john cena energy that sammy Zane had where he would slay the beast, he would beat the bad guy, he would save the day. Like, you truly believed it. Especially in the promo from Cody and Sammy, you know, where he's saying, like, finish the story. Yeah. So, like, there was truly that hype. Now, obviously, we kind of all knew that Roman would probably win, but I truly think that, humbly, respectfully, I think it was the bad choice. I think Sammy should have won. I think we'll be able to truly assess whether it was the right or wrong choice with how they move forward from it. Because say they they do end up doing, uh, fingers crossed they don't do this, but Usos versus KO and Sammy. If that's what ends up happening, then yeah, definitely the wrong choice. But if Sammy is somehow involved in the main event, like we we talked about on Instagram last night, the uh, the, if they end up doing triple threat, if that's what ends up happening, then it was the right choice. It has to happen. It has to Mm. happen, bro. Like the the story deserves it. Yeah, first of all, Triple H, you are you listen to the fans. You gave Mm. 
Daniel Bryan a chance. You hated CM Punk. Everybody hates CM Punk. You put him, like, to, to be fair, you should have put him over at Clash of Champions all those years ago. But you put, <laughs> still put him in the main event, had him title holder, you know, like longest WWE title holder, I think, like 400 days. And then The Rock's streak. So Triple H, you do listen to the fans. You do put people over. It is Sammy's time. You started this as a way to refresh in the story because the bloodline was getting still. You needed a comedic act. You wanted to put Roman as more of that rock star heel, that stone cold Steve Austin vibe. Sammy's lovable. It worked. But now the story organically built up into something more. And now Sammy is a legitimate baby face who can take Roman down. <laughs> he has an edge to his character now. That, <coughs> excuse me. Wasn't there before. So... I truly believe that, that they've kind of written themselves in a corner with Cody because yeah. the fans, I feel like, have more hype with Sammy, but they love Cody. But here's the thing. Cody isn't like Edge, right, kayfabe-wise, where he has a problem with somebody joining his main event. He said he wants to wrestle the best no matter what. So the story is there for Cody and Sammy and Roman. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's time. Yeah, because uh, if, say on Raw tomorrow night, <laughs> Cody comes out and does a promo, he and he mentions that he could easily say Sammy deserves another shot. It has, you know, it didn't go down fairly. Yeah, I want him to be in. The, I want him to be in the main event as well. Or yeah. they've got to do it somehow. If Cody's the one yeah. who says I want Sammy in the main event, because he's that gets him over as a babyface even more, which is what they want. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that would be the brilliant way to do it. And then Roman could be like, do not want to face me one-on-one because I've smashed everybody or something like that. So you you have the story there. Like, Triple H, please look at the social media. Bruce Pritchard, whoever Mm -hmm. is there. Vince McMahon, because the report from Dave Meltzer, and I really hope it's BS, is that Vince still has some creative uh, control on the Bloodline story. I really hope that's fake. Even though Vince did a pretty good job with it, it really blew up with Triple H took over. That's my hot take. I apologize. But like, I really don't rate Vince, bro. And I don't want him creatively back, bro. And it is no. such a Vince McMahon idea for them to go for the tag titles with Sammy and KO. That's such a yeah. downgrade. I'm sorry. It's not a prestigious title. No kid at school is going like, you know what? I want to be in the WWE Universe, a tag team title holder. Nobody says that. Nobody wants that. You built up the tag titles with the Usos, with, you know, like, like with, with, with D Generation X, with, with any legendary tag team, with uh, New Day, the, those teams make the titles. And, and it's just different with, with world titles. It just is. So you, by having Sammy in the main event at WrestleMania 39 with Cody and, and, and Roman, is that not Hollywood? Is, 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 that, is that not like, um, excuse me, sorry about that. Um, is that not the biggest way to get the show and the most, you know, eyes on your product, especially with the rock, not being there. Like, is yeah, that not what you want? That's got, show? that's got to be the, the biggest way that it's already going to be a big draw with it, you know, being uh, Hollywood, but with, with getting all three of them in the main event, that'll, that, that'll get the money. That'll get the tickets sold. That'll get the views more than just Rome, Roman versus Cody. And I would I would sacrifice a tag team's excuse me a tag team's title match in favor for a more built up women's title match. Yeah, definitely. you know. So give the women more shine. Don't put 
that. Like, nobody wants to see that. I'm sorry. The tag titles are such a downgrade from the main event. The story is there. Sammy was standing tall while Roman left, and we're, ex- we're expected to believe he still wouldn't feel some type of way and not go for the world championship still. I've uh, I've just came up with an idea. As you were talking about the, the tag team thing, it, it planted something in my brain. Okay, fantasy booking time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you remember in when Kofi Mania happened? There was yeah. like a, a tag team gauntlet match. And say mm-hmm. if, if the New Day won that, then he, is that did he win? If they won that, he got the shot at Mania. Is that what it was? Yeah, and AJ Styles made him tap out. Yeah. Um, but do you remember what the Usos did during that match? Yeah, they didn't. Was that at the match where they were like, we forfeit? Yeah. So that that's got me thinking. If something similar to that happens, some sort of gauntlet match, maybe Sammy and KO. If they win this gauntlet match, Sammy gets added to the match, becomes a triple threat, and the final opponent is the Usos. Jay super kicks Jimmy and then forfeits. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> and that would elevate bro, you would explode. Like Jay Uso yeah. would be the biggest face. Like it would be Jay Jay. And bro, like how brilliant is this when you really think about it? Roman Reigns has been such a dominant heel and we've had such a lack of dominant baby faces that now because of him, you are exploding with baby faces. Potentially mm. Jay Uso being a mega superstar. KO being, I would say he's a mega superstar. You heard the crowd in Montreal. Sammy Zayn, you know, wanting to be the main event. Cody Rhodes potentially bringing down the bloodline for his dad. Like, shout out to Roman Reigns. That character alone <laughs> has single-handedly propelled the, the company. Like, shout out to 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 to, to Joe. You know, but have, have you saying... seen the statistic that Roman achieved today? Nine hundred something days as champion. Well. His uh, his total number of days as champion across all of his reigns has now surpassed that of John Cena. No way. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, then he's better than John Cena, then. <laughs> I mean, every oh, time they face in the ring, though. I mean, yeah. but every time they yeah. face in the ring, I mean, Roman Roman did beat him, right? If we're going by yeah, KFA. That's true. So, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think overall, bro, like, I... Th- it, it, that would be the way to book it. And, you know, especially with Jey Uso, you know, and I was saying this to you last night, I thought the show ended on a surprisingly lighthearted note. Like Sammy standing yeah. tall, the bloodline being defeated, Solo mm. not showing up. Like, so I, why would you keep Sammy standing tall if you wouldn't make him a strong character? Like if he's, if he's going to be a strong character, why would you then delegate him to the tag titles? I don't care about the tag titles. The tag titles, like, the story's built up more from that. And we're supposed to expect that KO and Sammy are going to reconciliate and then just go for him anyway. And we don't yeah. know how Jay feels. We don't know how Jay feels. And if – I'm sorry, but if Jay feels some type of way that Sammy speared him and then he betrays him, like, that's such stupid, like, booking. Mm. Triple H, please. <laughs> we can predict – like, sorry, I'm so passionate about this world, but, like, we can predict what's going to happen happen in the storyline right like we all know like look at social media look at twitter look at your instagram comments we all know what's going to happen if you're going to go to the predictable vince McMahon route. please put sammy in the main event please if you're going to have him go for the tag titles have the tag titles go with ollie's booking and then also have him be in the main event but please have him in the main event please here's what i want right if we're, they're going to do a triple threat 
night night one main event either you start off the show with the women's title match or you end the show with the women's title match but i don't want to sideline the women for the bloodline in a lot of the men's matches because mm. bianca i mean she is a fantastic wrestler and a fantastic woman and a fantastic soul and montez ford is a lucky man and i just, <laughs> <laughs> I just said respectfully respectfully of course respectfully yeah. uh, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm i'm just i'm just saying you know um bianca belair is the champion she is a fantastic mm. uh she i would say she's like the john cena of the women's division she holds it down she's she she's on top she's earned it and yeah. she's entertaining as hell so like i want to keep her as a champion as much as possible because the division is so weak so until somebody else can come along and so, i don't um, see asuka would you have Bianca versus Asuka or Charlotte versus Rhea as the main event. Say, say, say the women's match main events night one, Roman main events night two. Would you have uh, Bianca Asuka or Rhea Charlotte main event night one? Rhea Charlotte got a main event night one. Yeah. Ma- I think there's a bigger mommy, story mommy, there. Yeah, mommy, like, mommy has to do it, bro. And also, if you look <laughs> at the Judgment Day, the, like, there's, there's an element of of their silly heels that do dark stuff that do bad shit you know so it's like they they are there's like that comedic element with them that the bloodline doesn't have bloodline is a serious storyline right but rhea ripley is an element in that silly judgment day story that is popular over and a legitimate threat right so it's like and and the character is really really intense like rhea ripley is she she has that it factor she has that charisma that you can't teach you just have right Mm -hmm. The story is there, right, at WrestleMania 37 or 36. They had that long match for the NXT women's title, mm-hmm. and Charlotte went over when really it should have been Rhea. The story is there. I want Mommy to destroy Charlotte. <laughs> I want her to rip her apart. So if that's what's going to happen, and they're going to elevate, you know, Mommy to a superstar, because in my opinion, she is. She should be the face of the women's division. So, like, Rhea yeah. Ripley, like, she, she it's, she's, I'm going to say this right now, bro. She's already one of the best wrestlers in the world yeah like, like she's just so she's just so technically and i mean like i would say 20 top 25 that's where i would put rhea ripley like that's what and i'm the, talking about like the she, way she's been presented as well like the the look the the theme song which is one of my favorites mm-hmm. it's it's so yeah. perfect well it's every aspect of the character but especially the wrestling as well it's just yeah it's she's brilliant one of my favorites she's just a badass she's she's like a she's that heel you just can't you can't hate like when she <laughs> smashed beth phoenix like with the concerto i I, yeah. I was like you know i'm like if this is what women feel when they see roman do bad stuff to other people then i guess this is how i feel when you know mommy does that to other people i don't know like like i'm just saying like she's just a fantastic wrestler so i don't want the men's matches to overtake the women's wrestling, right? Like, I think that that's unfair when you have talent like Bianca and Rhea there. I kind of wish it was Bianca versus Rhea at WrestleMania. That would have mm. been... Maybe they build up to that. Maybe next year's WrestleMania. I don't I know. Think, I think but... that would be the better match in terms of, like, the in, in-ring action. But mm-hmm. if if they did that... Um, I'd, I'd Yeah, I think I'd want a longer build to it. I'd want a, a proper feud with like maybe a trilogy between them but that's just selfish because yeah. they're both my favorites <laughs> yeah no i love them man like yeah. uh, i thought the women's division would fall apart after sasha left and it really hasn't so like you know shout out to mm-hmm. them but like i even though it's considerably weaker than AEW and stuff in new japan but that's a hot take but i i, I would say really I would say that, 
Oh, I'm, I'm not a fan of AEW's women's division at the minute. All right, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but, but yeah, we could, yeah, but we don't only watch WWE here, guys. We watch all pro wrestling here. So, hmm. no, I mean, I, I think, I think, um, where was I going with that? I, I would want that to be the main event, uh, Charlotte and Rhea. I just yeah. don't see Bianca and Asuka being like a huge match. It'll be a fun, memorable one. But I think if that isn't the case, I would maybe have the, maybe the women start off with the main event, like, you know, start off with the title match to, night one for night one then in the middle have you know the bianca oscar match or whatever and then um i would end the night with here's how i would book a jay versus jimmy wrestlemania match oh okay go on yeah yeah that's how i would book it because i would see roman kick out the bloodline after last night okay kick jay out the bloodline after last night i could Mm -hmm. see that um or build up to it maybe start to be more paranoid and then jay was still finally snaps so maybe Jimmy has to discipline Jay to keep him in line at WrestleMania. Otherwise, Jimmy's out too. And, um, you know, maybe Jay and Jay defeats Jimmy and then Roman goes like that or something, throws him away, and then Jimmy feels some type of way. And Jay's like, see, I told you, like, I told you. And then at night too, they both super kick Roman or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they both super kick Solo or something like that. And oh. Sammy wins. So... That's how I would book it. WrestleMania. That's a, that's a WrestleMania match. Jay versus Jimmy. You don't need to do a huge buildup. You don't need a huge long program. That's just an enticing match in itself. And the implications of it itself is a WrestleMania main mm-hmm. event. That's the way to go. The, the tag team champions facing each other in the main event. That's that, that just sells. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a big build. That's, that, that sells itself. And everyone who's been watching the Bloodline story for the past, what, three years... You know, yeah, you don't need, yeah, it's brilliant. It's that, that'd be a perfect match. That's how I would do it, bro. But we'll yeah. see, <laughs> we'll see. Because if they're not going to do, because also, I know some people are saying Roman defends one title each night, but mm. then it's like if Roman loses on night one, is it as memorable losing night two? You know, it's the balloon, yeah, I, I would, so. I don't think I want the, the, I don't think I want him to defend one in each night. The, the triple threat, just him l- l- losing it on the final match of night two. You know, it's it's a huge moment to end, to end the biggest WrestleMania of all time that, you know, they're promoting it as. It's a big, it's a big moment to end that on. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think that's, I think we've just put, booked the perfect WrestleMania there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bruce Pritchard, hit us up at Invincibles Pod, please. <laughs> we'll write some programs for you, you know. But, you know, before we kind of move on to the DC stuff, bro, let's also talk about um, the other matches, right? Like, mm. Asuka, she dominated. What would you think of that match? I thought that match was really good. I, I was I was enjoying it loads probably until, like, the last five minutes. This is just me being a bit picky. I thought, like, the final few eliminations happened too quickly. Um, but m- maybe that's because they, they needed, you know, cut a bit of time or whatever, but... I would have liked seeing the last few eliminations spread out a bit, maybe go a bit longer. But the in-ring action was great. Liv Morgan doing the sunset flip power bomb from yeah, the top of the yeah. pod. Yeah. She's she's really uh, sort of built herself back up well since losing the SmackDown Women's title, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Asuka destroying everyone. I think it's good to see Carmella back as well. Like I didn't think. Yeah. I didn't think she'd been missed as much, but she has been been really missed. Like her character is, is great. 
and yeah, it's good to see her back. What what did you think of the match? I mean, I thought it was really entertaining, especially the bit where Raquel just smashed Nikki Nikki Cross through the mm. pod, the, the chamber pod. I thought yeah. it was entertaining. It's just like I just wish there was better writers for the women's division, more entertaining storylines um, mm. that then we're getting because I just I get bored a lot of, uh, and. And it sucks because they're fantastic athletes, and and I, I like them as individual wrestlers, but their storylines are just not engaging. Um, but I yeah. thought the match was good. Um, I thought it was really entertaining. Um, I thought the Edge match with Beth. I, I'm just so bored of the only thing Judgment Day I really like is Rhea. So like, I'm just yeah. kind of so bored with that angle. I saw that Edge is, uh, you know, on Monday he's going to challenge Austin Theory for mm. the U.S. title. So and we all know that. Balor is probably going to cost some, like you know. So yeah, Edge start is, their build for. He, he's not going to be WrestleMania, won't they? Probably. Yeah, I I don't really care for it. Like whatever, <laughs> sure. Um, you know, and then yeah, Bobby and Brock. Like I thought that was a complete wasted opportunity. That was a waste of a match. Yeah, it's it's so clear they just want to, you know, do it at Mania. But if you're going to do it at Mania, what? Why give us the match now? Just just have them brawl on Raw a few more times, but it looks like it's going to be like a no DQ match at Mania, which that'll be good, but I just wish, I just want that match to happen so bad and it's, ha- it's come close to happening and then it's there's been screwy finishes every single time. But yeah, I was, I was let down a bit by that. I think, well, one, they advertised it so that we would watch the pay-per-view. So like we would do it did. Um, yeah, probably. And <laughs> then two... Yeah, you know, and then too, I mean, I think uh, if they do it at WrestleMania, man, I just hope they go crazy with the new, no disqualification. I don't want it to just mm-hmm. be regular falls and moves. I want there to be like kendo sticks, metal ladders, you know, uh, barbed wire. Like I want it to be intense. Like, <laughs> Texas you know, like, death match. Be... Yeah, like seriously, <laughs> seriously. Like, you know, because if WWE does AEW better than AEW, like <laughs> you're destroying the competition. Even though they wouldn't do a lot of the stuff like yeah. bleeding and stuff. But I, I still think like if they're going to do it at WrestleMania, make it worth our time. I don't I want could... it to just be another match. You know? I could see them doing like a last man standing maybe. Because mm-hmm. uh, and... Bro- Brock's good at those type of matches, so. And Bobby would have to go over because he keeps getting screwed over. Like so, mm-hmm. uh, I would have Bobby go maybe triumphantly, maybe epic. But they have to make it as adrenaline filled as possible. I don't want it to just be another match. So that was just kind of. Eh. And then you know the 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 chamber match for the U.S. title. I thought that was awesome. Oh, the number one thing yes. I kept. I, the number one thing I kept thinking was Montez is a star, bro. Like it's his time. That was he should an be at WrestleMania. Absolutely star making performance. N- not just for Montez. Montez was like the MVP of that match, but it was a star making performance for every single person in there. Well, Seth Rollins is you know already a star. Bronson Reed is a fucking beast. Uh, yeah. When. When he the way he sold, you know, um, when Johnny Gargano was on his shoulders, and then Seth, you know, jumped off, did the clothesline yeah. on Johnny, poison ran. The way Bronson sold that was incredible. Johnny is it was that was that wasn't Johnny Gargano, that was Johnny Takeover. Johnny Takeover yeah, has yep. has returned. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. It's so good to see Johnny performing like that on the main roster, doing all those high spots. Um, Damian Priest just just. just He's just Damien Priest, and you know what you're getting from him. What What did you think of uh, of when Logan Paul got involved in it? I was really surprised because the number one, I, I kind of wanted to see Austin Theory take on Seth Rollins and beat him 
like fair mm. and square and yeah. just say it's my time it's my you know it's a town down or something but <laughs> having a screwy finish is very in character and seth i mean logan paul knows how to wrestle he, he can oh, he put does. on star studied he, he can put on star you know studied performances like he's earned the right to be at wrestlemania so there's a lot of wrestlers in the industry in the world that can't wrestle like him so mm-hmm. like he's earned it and i would say that seth versus logan i just want it to be entertaining i just want the promos to be absolutely fire i mean seth rollins can really play around with you know the <laughs> the tokyo the tokyo body thing. oh like, imagine he brings that up <laughs> Or, or the crypto, the crypto, you know, the crypto uh, scam that Logan was caught in. Seth yeah. Seth, because Seth, you know, he's willing to go below the belt. Like, remember what he did with Riddle? Like, your kids don't want to see your bitch ass anymore and stuff like that. I can just imagine and... Seth doing a promo like, oh, I've, you know, I've wrestled all around the world. People like me, indie wrestlers, we wrestle all around the world in Japan. Oh, but you can't do that, can you, Logan? Yeah. It's something like yeah. that. Obviously, that would be a lot better than that. <laughs> no i mean bro we're writing it right now like seth versus logan that's not for the title so they i just want it to be as entertaining as absolutely possible and i yeah. think in the ring they're gonna be fantastic but i want seth to go over i'm not having seth lose yeah to logan paul seth after he's took so many losses on pay-per-views like the past few years he, he, yeah he needs to win that mm-hmm so, uh, another, I mean, another thing I'm excited for with that is the sort of part of the build up to it, like the media coverage, because obviously there's going to be a lot of eyes on that because of Logan Paul. We're going to see a lot of Seth Rollins in like mainstream media right. interviews, things like that. Get him on a few talk shows as well. Seth, Seth mm-hmm. deserves that platform because, uh, in my opinion, he's like the best of all time. He's yeah. my favorite, my favorite of all time. So yeah, really. <laughs> really yeah. I, I mean, just i just love him just love him i i mean i would i would definitely say like seth is better than Shawn michaels and stuff i would say that oh. like, no disrespect <laughs> to sean no but you can't move like seth can seth is also in my opinion a better shit talker he's better on the mic than sean yeah. i would de- definitely have seth over sean but that's my hot take um i don't know bro i mean there's just a lot that that i would just take over seth over Sean, that's a whole other bit, but I didn't know Seth, you Seth is also the best live action Joker of all time after last night. <laughs> yo, I mean, yo, Seth, Seth, listen, Seth was fantastic in that. Seth, you know, as the Joker, and uh, you know, um, uh, Becky as the Batman, like that was awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would. I would love to see Seth Rollins as an Elseworlds Joker, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe, hey, James Gunn, cast, cast, uh, cast Seth Rollins. I mean, yeah. we did get the news. We did get the news, bro, that and, and the next six months we're going to get casting news for the upcoming DCU stuff. Um, so, yeah, here's here's the slate. And let's just kind of talk about everything DC going on, because I think it'll, it will be organized going forward. But right now it's still kind of a mess. So it's just so the audience understands, because unfortunately, it hasn't been as connected as Marvel, or nor nearly <laughs> as well planned. So we, at March 17th of this year, we have Shazam Fury of the Gods. Um, it's on track to be a box office flop, which really sucks. Yeah, I really like Zachary really Levi. It's, it's a shame because I love the first Shazam film. And there's some good talent in the film. Um, like Rachel Ziegler, this is after West Side Story, this is like a big, big role for her. But it's a shame that she might not go much further in the dcu after this because everything's going on 
Um, so yeah, it, it, it feels weird because we know there's just this is like the end basically for for, the, yeah. for these characters. I just feel like the Shazam, it, it's not memorable, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. the issue. And and a world and a world of you know oversaturated comic book films, it just it's not memorable. You're not going to remember it. So yeah, it's probably going to get axed after this one. We have the Flash coming out June twenty third, twenty twenty three of this year, which. I'm not gonna lie, it looks pretty awesome. I'm gonna watch that. I'm pretty excited. It looks pretty yeah. awesome. It, it I know, looks I know our pretty fr- cool. <laughs> I know our friend Max uh, really hates on the film, but like, I really, bro. I mean, I, I think it looks cool. The concept of Barry Allen going back to save his mom, but then creating a world of superhero, a, a world of no superheroes, which starts Man of Steel in a situation where there is a Superman to stop from Zod, so they have to go get Supergirl. I mean, yeah, it's. It's Flashpoint copy-paste, but it's, like, enjoyable copy-paste. And, and I'm excited, bro. The visuals in the trailer look cool. And every time I see a Kryptonian fly in the sky, I, I just love it. So <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. The, the trailer has sold me on it. Um, it's good to see Michael Keaton back as well because he's, he's just brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, bro, he was throwing hands like he was flipping upside <laughs> down and they were throwing. And everybody on Twitter... I know everybody's saying bad CGI, bad CGI. Bro, just watch the movie. Like, are you fun at parties? Like, are you fun <laughs> at parties? Like, it's like it's like what wrestling. You watch wrestling. Somebody's like, well, that's fake. Oh, he stood there way too long. Bro, it, come on, watch the movie, mm-hmm. man. We're t- watching the Flash. Nobody can run in real freaking speed or real super speed. Like, re- relax a little. Like, let's have some fun. Like, sheesh. Anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. Everybody on Twitter, everybody on Twitter is a comic book connoisseur and a film critic, and and I, you know it's annoying. Yeah. But anyway, um, August eighteenth of this year, we have the Blue Beetle. I don't know anything about this Ooh. character. I'll admit it. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Um, I know our friend Nacho is quite excited for this one. Uh, yeah. And this is this was just meant to be like a HBO Max exclusive, but now it's getting a theatrical release, I believe. So. That yeah. shows that they've got a bit of faith in it, um, and it's it's the kid from uh, oh, I can't remember his name. It's from uh, Cobra Kai, isn't he? Yeah, the TV uh, show. Sholom uh, Ardwenya. Uh, Red- I yeah. know I butchered the name. I'm tr- trying to be respectful, but Sholom Ardwenya. I try my best to read it. But yeah, he's Cobra Kai. It's, I'm sure it's going to be good. James Gunn mm. said that it's going to be a part of the DCU going forward. So. I guess yeah. there's that. Yeah. Next, we have my boy, Aquaman. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It releases December 25th, 2023. This film is really interesting. It has had multiple uh, story reshoots. It has had multiple rewrites that's been pushed back specifically for the rewrites, but all the reports are saying that it is not due to the connectivity of the DCU, but rather around the Aquaman character and the lore and the story. So... Mm-hmm. For the audience, uh, you know, I just need you guys to look at this. You know, like I am an Aquaman diehard fan. I I love this character. I love Aquaman, right? The Dan Abnett run, I love it. You know, the Jeff Parker runs, I love it because you know Aquaman is a character of a lot of multitude. It's a lot of facets in the character, right? Like with Peter Parker. You know, you have the scientist, you have the reporter, you have the crime element, you have the family element, and some story arcs, you know, focus on specific angles. 
I don't like the stories of Aquaman that kind of talk about him being a king and being a political leader all the, all the time. I kind of like the adventurous side, the treasure hunting side, the, the Black Manta side of stuff. The Atlanta stuff mm-hmm. can kind of be boring. Like, I want the ocean wildlife side of stuff in. That's what I like. And then also, uh, you know, let me just show you guys this. Like, I love Aquaman. Um, you know, I got the Aquaman Andromeda uh, run. It's a limited three-issue black uh, DC Black Label series. Mm-hmm. Please watch Aquaman, or please read a lot of Aquaman. I love the character. He's just so cool. But I say that to say, as an Aquaman fan, the first Aquaman movie was enjoyable. It was fun but it wasn't thought-provoking on that critical level. It was a feel-good, positive movie, and I do believe there is a space in movies nowadays for that. I feel like everything is trying to be a thought piece. There is an element where I truly love just the positive, feel-good mm-hmm. movies, and Aquaman did that, and it was really fun to watch, and it, the character was really well. Jason Momoa is the best infusion of revitalizing a dead character in a long time. You know, like, he, he, he has done a lot with the character. He's influenced the character. I love what Jason Momoa is doing. So I say all of that to say as a diehard Aquaman fan, I really hope the changes to the Aquaman story are that it's more thought-provoking, more, a bit more, you know, it, you know, like the jump from Batman Begins to the Dark Knight, I hope is Aquaman and Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Like, like, oh, yeah. a lot, like I, Jason Momoa said, a lot of the story he pitched that he wrote, um, he made, he wanted it more serious and that he wanted to talk about the environmental issues and like the more aquatic side of issues. Uh, James Wan said he wanted a comedic angle with the buddy cop stuff with Orm and Arthur. So I really hope the movie delivers because I really love the Aquaman character and I don't know the future of the character in the DCU going forward. So I really hope, I really think that what they wrote with Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom is that they made changes to the story about if Arthur Curry is going to come back. And I think the ending is going to be vague enough to where he won't come back, but open enough to where he could for a third, depending mm-hmm. on the movie's success, which I think is going to be great because it's a billion, made a billion freaking dollars. You know, for <laughs> so, so yeah, that's my take on the Aquaman thing. I think it's going to be specific story angles. I hope to be more serious and to make more of a, an everlasting Aquaman story, not just a feel-good movie, which I love, but I want something more quick. But yeah, that's December 25th. Sorry to go on my Aquaman rant. We got uh, <laughs> Joker. We got Joker fully adieu. Oh, yeah, that should be good. That'd Did you good. see the, the, the picture of uh, Joker and uh, Lady Gaga? Harley yeah. Quinn? It's going to be a musical, that one as well, isn't it? So that'll be fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And do you think do you think it's going to be more of an art house film? Do you, how do you think it's going to fare? compared to the first um yeah it'll probably be quite uh in you know indie quite unique very artsy um i'm really looking forward to seeing lady gaga because i I don't think i've told you this but one of my favorite films of all time is a star is born from 2018 um i thought she was phenomenal in that so seeing her uh as harley quinn i think i think her take on the character would be really interesting and seeing it that the tone of the Joker universe as well. Um, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a success, I think. What do you think? Oh, I think so, and I really think this can be an opportunity to show just how manipulative Joker is to Harley Quinn, because mm. the relationship is really romanticized, and rom- musicals are romantic typically. So, what better yeah. way than to show it through than the use of this medium? You know? Yeah. Let's Suicide Squad in 2016 tried to you know show that relationship, but it didn't get given enough time like you said it romanticized it so mm-hmm. this is a whole film about just those two so yeah i think yeah. That it'll do it justice 
So Superman Legacy comes out July 11th, oh. 2025. Then we have Batman Part 2, October. So let's talk about Superman first. Superman yeah. Legacy, what are your hopes? Um, I'm just hoping for a Superman story that's um, that does the character justice. Funny, mm-hmm. funny, you know, Justice League does it justice. Because yeah. um, <laughs> like Man of Steel was, it's all right, but it's not a proper Superman film. I want the Superman that we got with you know Christopher Reeve back in the day, with like mm-hmm. the, the Superman from the Justice League animated uh, movies and uh, TV shows, um, and because they're adapt they're adapting the comics, you know. Like they've been very faithful to the comics, so as James Gunn says, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I don't really have anyone in, in mind who I'd like to see yet, because mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's not going to be Henry Cavill, is it? They've said that, so no. um, yeah, I'm I'm open to whoever whoever James Gunn wants to pick. Really, I'm I'm just looking forward to see what who he chooses. Do you, do you have anyone in mind for these new movies? Like, I really hope they're all actors we don't know that way mm. i can just see them as actors 100 percent in their roles versus i'm comparing them to their past work you know and i just want original new actors young actors yeah you know i don't care who it is as long as the characters just bring life and like exuberance you know like yeah. that's all i want i want there to be charisma like with superman he's got to be somebody like james gunn said he's somebody whose worst fear is hurting somebody so i want somebody who's genuinely a nice guy he's so nice that he empowers you that is what character superman is henry cavill was not given scripts that allowed him to do that he himself when he was promised the role to come back as superman unfortunately and then they took it from him or although james gunn said they never hired him but you know the rock and his company they did henry dirty by playing him oh yeah but anyway, like, uh, just bring Henry back just to establish The Rock's foot in the DC universe. Like, it's not real estate, bro. Anyway, like, mm. and we also don't need him for WrestleMania, but that's a whole other take. But, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Henry Cavill coming back as Superman would have been cool if he was given a script that showed him as a more joyful Superman, like he himself mm-hmm. said, right? He, so he wasn't given that. So whatever new actor we get, I just want it brand new slate. I don't want the Snyderverse attached. Just get brand new actors. And I just hope the script of Superman Legacy is a story focused around Clark, the Daily Planet, his supporting cast, and just a story about being kind to people and mm-hmm. just being a nice person. Like something something that empowers people, but also being super badass and super manny too, you know? Yeah. Metallo, yeah, Metallo as the villain. Like put Metallo as the villain. Boom. Yeah, because we've seen, even though Lex Luthor's, you know, the the typical like arch nemesis we've seen it probably too many times so get some someone fresh like that we haven't seen on screen before yeah, yeah. i'd love that boom yeah and that's so that's that'd be amazing i'm super excited for superman legacy that year is going to mm-hmm. be really great because we got avengers movies as well with superman legacy so and then yeah. batman part two which is coming out october 3rd 2025 i will want mr freeze Mr. Freeze, Gotham City is flooded, bro. It's flooded. Perfect opportunity to put in Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. and talk about the health inequity, like the healthcare system and how it's, you know, not equitable. Like, boom. And you could really go the horror angle of, of Mr. Freeze freezing everybody. Yeah. That's, uh, he's, he's one of the best uh, Batman villains. He's one of my favorite Batman villains. Um, just, you know, playing the, the Arkham City game. He's so good in that game. Uh, that's that's where I really fell in love with the character. Um, 
So yeah, I, th- I think I think that would be great. My my main hope though for Batman Two is that they come back to Liverpool to film it again. <laughs> mm. How what was it like? What was it like? Oh, it was it was great. So they 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 uh, set up the uh, the court yeah the court uh, house scene. Um, you know when when it's when the car drives into the the funeral. Um, they set that up outside St George's Hall uh, near Liverpool Lime Street train station and. They set that up in March 2020, literally just oh, wow. before the lockdown happened. And uh, I was in my first year of uni at the time, uh, living in student accommodation, literally five minutes up the street. So oh, when wow. I'd be like walking into town, I'd walk past all the Gotham City police cars, all the like the the police barricades and stuff like that. Um, so I got to see it up, like up really close because there was no COVID protocol. Cause it was it was before that all happened. But then the shooting never began because of covid so they came back in october started filming the people were crowding around the outside the train station like for hours on end every single day i, I, I went down got a few pictures got to see a gotham city uh, bus up close um that is awesome and then they also filmed on the liver building which is you know it's iconic it's um you know it's when you think of liverpool you think of that and so that they use that as the you know, the police station when he dives out off the building. So to see that being from Liverpool was was awesome. And uh, a little Easter egg that only people from Liverpool will know about in the film is when it's like a, a wide shot of, of like the funeral at, at the courthouse or St. George's Hall, as, as we call it. Um, if you look at the bottom of the screen, there's a yellow bus stop. And it has the yellow M, which stands for Mersey Travel, on it. If you if you looked at very closely, so they left oh, the yellow cool. Liverpool bus stop in the film. So that is yeah. cool, bro. <laughs> so to go so off cool. on a tangent there, but I just love the connection. <laughs> no, but Liverpool looks just like how I would envision <laughs> Gotham City then, because it, it was. Did they shoot all of it in Liverpool? They shot. Uh, I think I th- what I heard was seventy five percent of the film. So wow, there's a f- awesome. there's a few locations. There was the two I've just talked about, and then uh, there was another one a bit further out of town. I can't remember what what that one's called. But then they shot it. Uh, you know the the scene at the end when in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Part of that was shot at um, in Glasgow, and part of it was shot uh, in uh, like near Everton Stadium, like just like literally about five ten minutes away from Everton Stadium. Unlike wow. in, in North Liverpool, um, so yeah, I've I've also I don't have it anywhere near me, so I can't I can't show it to to our viewers. But I've got a comic book, uh, like a a special edition comic book of Batman swinging from the Liver Building, um, oh, that was like a, an exclusive. So yeah, dude, that is that is <laughs> it's a Liverpool Liverpool Football Club man. Make up the Batman inspired third kit or something, man. Like. <laughs> black black charcoal gray and like you know the dark red like that would be yo make it happen because because uh, look brilliant well i think everton brilliant. everton of beatles to that because their owner owns the liver building and oh. they, they they released limited edition like batman shirts and like superman t-shirts with the everton logo on them oh. so everton of beatles to that unfortunately well, it's a, they'll never they'll never beat Liverpool in, in titles though. So at least there's that. But yeah, yeah. And they're going down this season. But there's a conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we get some viewers who are also Everton fans. But yeah, no. So my my pick 
for Batman 2. I don't care what they do. I just want to see Mr. Freeze. I just want to see Mr. Freeze. I know I know Matt Reeves said that he wants to see, um, you know, what do you call, uh, like, Hush. He's a big fan of Hush, but that to me is a boring choice. It could be cool how he does it, but we already did the serial killer angle with Riddler. I don't want them to redo that. Like, Mr. Freeze, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go Mr. Freeze yeah. time. Um, so then, yeah, and then we have Supergirl, World of Tomorrow, no announced date. No, any news. All is that it's based off of Tom King, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, all are mm-hmm. you familiar with the comic book? Nope. So, so pretty <laughs> I'm about much, to get my hands on it, but it's sold out. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much Supergirl, right? To the audience who doesn't know, uh, she was raised on a chunk of Krypton, right? And her, her people were wiped out. So she saw her people die in front of her, and she was sent to Earth. But by the time she was sent to Earth, Clark, or Kal El was already an adult and so and they were cousins and stuff so that's pretty much the rough horribly explained version of it but like how people need to understand is Kara wasn't raised by loving parents like Clark was because her parents were killed right and she saw it happen so she's a much darker jaded character than than Clark Mm -hmm. is Clark is the goody I won't hurt people Kara is a bit more darker and jaded with life so this story is for her 18th birthday or 21st birthday She's trying to go to a galaxy with a red planet so she can so she can get drunk and celebrate her birthday. That's just what she wants to do. But <laughs> she meets peeps, you know, alien refugees along the way that need her help. And pretty much it's a story about her helping people and overcoming her demons. So that's what the movie's gonna be about. It's gonna be like a space war epic. Um so that sounds that's incredible. Much- that sounds really entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I really hope they keep uh, Ka- Sasha Kaye as uh, Supergirl because she looked awesome in the trailer. I, yeah, it's, awesome. it's like because normally in the in the comics, it's like she's just got a skirt, she's blonde. That's what she's like in TV shows as well. So it's it's a different look, and it's yeah, the suit the suit is great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, um, just just guys... just touching on just touch on Supergirl quick again. I had no idea that about her, her origin that she was like just raised on a a chunk of krypton my only yeah. real uh, uh sort of experience was the the tv show and in the intro to that it's just she was sent to earth to protect clark or something but her pod got knocked off course and then that's all you hear mm-hmm. that's why she arrived late so then that's so lazy yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> hearing the actual origin you realize that's so lazy <laughs> yeah no it really is bro like supergirl is a cool character like i'm pretty excited mm. I'm really excited for this film. I really hope they get somebody like like a, a Robert Eggers or something to make that. That would be mm. awesome. But Ooh, I don't know yeah. if you would ever do that. We can hope. Then we got the yeah. Then we got the Brave and the Bold. Uh, you know, oh, yes. so the DCU main Batman line. This will be a Batman and mm-hmm. Robin film with Damian Wayne. So it'll be a Batman film that focuses on the Bat family. So it's completely different from the Batman. But here's my thing, bro. The Batman universe, Matt Reeves' universe is already just so brilliantly crafted. So my interest in the DCU one is kind of like, eh. Yeah. it's a, At least they've got a good two, three years to prepare for it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I love the Batman Brave and the Bold TV show. I don't know if it's going to be anything like that in terms of tone, but um, just that name gets me thinking about the TV show again. So that's, that, that was the one I grew up watching. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but obviously not as excited because we already have a Batman. Yeah, and I'm excited to see Robin, but I thought Robin would be a part in Robert Pattinson's Batman. So it's like, why would mm. I care about this one? So I don't know what they're doing. I hope they don't creatively limit themselves because they need to have a DCU Batman. Like I hope, I hope Matt Reeves just does his own thing and isn't creatively limited. 
um you know but yeah we'll see i mean i'm not that excited about it you know it's cool to see robin and damian wayne you know i hope they get a brown actor to play damian wayne because he is half arab but outside of that i don't really care you know we'll see whatever all we know is grace randolph was full of it you know she said that it's going to be christian bale or val kilmer or george clooney and james gunn tweeted and said they're getting a new actor so that rumor is not true (laughs) and then the final then we have the swamp thing uh that's a horror film it's going to presumably be rated r about the origins of the swamp thing and it kind of ties into the greater story that james Gunn's trying to tell so that's going to be super exciting dc does Mm -hmm. horror very well um then we have the authority not triple h but we have the dc (laughs) authority about characters from dc's wild storm universe and they're about taking justice in a more violent way and they're like this james gunn's guardians of this universe pretty much that's his guardian project okay that's cool so yeah, that's all the DC films. That's not even talking about Lanterns, Creature Commandos, um, you know, and the other TV shows I forget. Waller, that's going to also be on HBO Max. So a lot of DC stuff coming out, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited, bro. I mean, I'm admittedly more of a Marvel fan than I am a DC fan, mm-hmm. but I love Aquaman. Yeah. I love Superman. So if those are characters done right, especially Batman, you know, I'm happy. But speaking of the MCU... right (laughs) let's talk about the current right like austin theory let's talk about the now we just had a recent mcu movie ant-man and the wasp you saw it i didn't watch it but you watched it what'd you think i didn't really enjoy it that much (laughs) (laughs) um the if i had to sum it up in one word i'd just say underwhelming really yeah, I think it, the, the main reason most MCU fans, most Marvel fans in general are going to watch this is because it's the first film with Kang, right? Right. And so you'd expect that the film really establishes him as a fucking badass who, you know, and a really terrifying villain because Kevin Feige said they want him to be seen on the same level as Thanos. You'd expect that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Doesn't it doesn't really do that. Um, it uh, have you have you you've you've seen this? Have you seen spoilers? Mm-hmm. Okay, so spoiler warning, guys. Yeah, spoiler warning. Um, Kang or this universe's version of Kang dies. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> that was real. Yeah. He dies in the most pathetic way imaginable. So, at, at the end of the film, uh, they've they've sort of destroyed destroyed Kang's uh, the core for his uh, multiversal traveling ship or whatever, and they've they've opened this portal back to you know outside the quantum realm. Um, you know, like Hope, uh, her parents, Hank, and oh, what, what the fuck's Hank's wife's name again? <laughs> Janet. Janet, yeah. Janet, they've got out. Uh, Cassie's got out. Uh, but uh, Scott is still stuck in the quantum realm and Kang stops him from going through the portal. Then him, then uh, Hope comes back through the portal. Them three have a fight. Kang gets like, he gets sort of pushed into the, the power core thing and it sort of, and uh, Ant-Man puts, you know, the, the pin particles and it all shrinks and it, mm-hmm. it just sort of disappears. 
But then, yeah. Uh, have you have you seen about the post credit scenes? Kind of tell you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the first post credit scenes, what I think is going to be known as the Kang Dynasty. All these different versions of Kang in one place. Yeah, like the, um, all of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them looks like Tutankhamun as well. He's dressed a bit like him, oh. which is quite funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so and that, that, but that felt that had a bit of a comedic tone to it. That post-credit scene, which d- d- you know didn't really fit. And then the, the second post-credit scene was kind of like a, a, I think it's a clip from Loki season two. Let's say that, that, that's what I think it is. But um, yeah, the tone of it was so weird. Like they tried, they, you could tell they were trying to make Kang a, a big threat, but then. Like when they were building up to it, when they were letting Kang do this powerful speech, it'd just be interrupted by a joke or some humour that was really oh, stupid and cringy. Like this whole thing with Modoc as well. Modoc, uh, don't give me get me started. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in like you know, uh, in like Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the cartoon. Modoc's sick in that, isn't he? He's so mm-hmm. good in that cartoon. That's that's like one of my favourite versions of him. Um, in this, uh, do you know? Do you know who Modoc revealed to be in this? Yeah, it's it's Darren, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's just because he, he's just bald. He just looks like a massive egg, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a whole joke bit like at the end where he's talking to Cassie, and he's like, "Oh, I just I I I don't want to be a dick," and then he ha- ends up helping them. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah there's a so is that is that is that peyton reed's directing oh, i've no idea at this point because peyton reed is a he's a more than capable director ant-man one was great ant-man two was it was, it was good it was all right and then the episodes of mandalorian that peyton reed has directed are really good mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know there's there's too much it, it, it suffered from the same kind of thing that Thor Love and Thunder suffered from in terms that you know it, it, it's trying to be serious it's trying to be funny and it doesn't mesh well um, that's my thoughts on it and this, it didn't feel as consequential as you'd want it to feel with the introduction of Kang that's my main really? takeaway from it yeah it's just that's why it was so underwhelming for me. So they really so is phase five off to a strong start, in your opinion? No. <laughs> you made me choke on my ice cream. <laughs> It was really so. If you had to rate it one out of ten, what would you rate it? Uh, I, I rated it on Letterbox two point five out of five, but probably that that was like instant first reaction, and that it's probably gone down since then. So I'd probably rate it two out of five, so about about four out of ten. Wow. It yeah. Really. So was it poorly written, or was it written? <laughs> It was it written like lazily, it, like probably probably a bit of both. There's you know so, some of the things I hate most in films is when 
they think the audience is stupid. You know, when something happens and they just mm-hmm. then the character says something. Like when when they arrive in the quantum realm, Scott and Cassie, uh, they get approached by these these people, and they're clearly from the quantum realm. And then Cassie just says, "Oh my God, there's quantum people in the quantum realm." Like, yeah, we know that. We just saw them. We just saw them arrive on our screen. You don't need to tell us that. You know what I mean? I there's loads yeah. of moments like that, and that that really winds you up because, like, you're making your audience feel stupid there. So, so that's what my question was. Was it more a movie like you did not like because it was missed opportunities, or was the product just genuinely that subpar? Probably, probably the missed opportunities, I'd say, um, because we know what's coming with Kang. We know he's getting two Avengers movies uh, and the introduction in Loki. So, we ex- yeah, you expected more, and I think those expectations did let it down. But on top of that, it, it just the script wasn't great. The dialogue was poor, so. So, like, because when I watched Loki, right, and the end, the season six, or episode six of season one, mm-hmm. when He Who Remains said, and if you think I'm bad, just wait until you see my variants, and you just hear the ominous music, it's like, this dude's going to be horrifying. And then at the real end, when Loki looks up and see the statue of Kang, you're like, oh, my God, like, what is yeah. happening? So, so I guess what I'm saying is Ant-Man Quantumania did not deliver on that dread. It had hints of it. Like he talks, like when he when he first meets Ant Man, he says, "You're an Avenger. Have I killed you before?" They all blur into one. So there's moments, and he he hints about all these Avengers he's killed across so many different timelines, but then he gets killed in the most pathetic way. So there's hints of it, but then it just lets you down at the end. So is he actually dead? Do you feel? Do you feel like he survived? Because if it's Kang well, Dynasty, then which Kang is, is coming? Well, you know? in in the post credit scene when the Kangs are like talking to each other, they they mention something about oh, so he's dead. So hmm. I'm, from that, I'm I'm assuming he is, but obviously you know, you never know. I think what the MCU kind of struggling with right now is that they don't really have a central main character, right? Like before, it was hmm. Cap and Tony, right, and. There hasn't been that main character, like you know, and especially with Chadwick Boseman passing away, so you can't really rely on the right now, excuse me, of the Black Panther franchise. They're still trying to get their, their you know, establish their legacy with Shuri. So, yeah. and I don't see them kind of building around her. But you know, if they did, I, I wouldn't care. But I just don't see that. So we just found out news, however, that the main character of the first Avengers film. Kang Dynasty will be Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It will be Peter Parker. He will oh, be the main yes. character. He will, <laughs> will be the lead. Um, and then we'll get Secret Wars, and then we are also getting Spider-Man 4 before Kang Dynasty, if, if I'm That's, correct. So, that, that was in the same report as the uh, as the one that said Tom Holland would be the lead, so oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> bro, Spider-Man is going to be leading the Avengers, bro. That is hype, mm. bro. I am hype that is gonna be insane every time i get let down by marvel or i'm disappointed in them they just have to just release something that just reels me back in yeah every single time (laughs) so i mean bro like they're 
really making Spider-Man like like he is him. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they really are like because you had the ending of No Way Home. He was fantastic in No Way Home. He's no longer Spider-Boy anymore. He's Spider-Man. We oh. have Daredevil born again. We have the rumors of Born Again directly playing into Spider-Man 4. Spider-Man's probably going to help out with Kingpin and Spider-Man 4. Probably going to get Scorpion in there. Daredevil's probably going to be in there, you know. And then mm-hmm. you have Kang Dynasty. I think Spider-Man is going to be complete badass by the time we get to the <laughs> Avengers, bro. I, I hope so. Um, and it, it makes sense because Tom Holland himself is a big box office draw. So this this could be a very, very big big film at the box office in terms of like how much money it makes with him at the forefront i i mean i just didn't expect tom holland to be the main character of spider-man or yeah. of, of avengers because of sony right mm. like i just but i guess marvel and sony really do love each other like i guess they're like okay go ahead your our our property is going to be your main character he will be now. I don't know if he's leading the Avengers story wise. That's probably going to be Cap or Carol. But the fact that he's the lead, he has the most screen time. Where do you think you know to kind of finish off the show, bro? Because I've been talking too much. But to finish <laughs> off the show, where do you think they're going to take Tom Holland's character, like fantasy book, the Spider-Man character, oh. up until the Avengers? Do you want me to fantasy book a good movie, or fantasy book my ideal one? <laughs> Dude, dude, fantasy book it. Here's here we can we can end the show All like right. this. Take as much time as you need. Fantasy oh. book how you would write the character of Spider-Man and any project from right now and and to the end of Kang Dynasty. So I think me and you share the opinion that Spider-Man 4 needs to not include uh Zendaya or uh Jacob. I think it needs to be just Spider-Man with all new characters at, at, at university. Um, you know, street level sort of stuff. Um, and then for Kang Dynasty, selfishly because it's multiverse stuff, I really want to see Andrew and Toby again. Mm. But to- Toby has said, you know, he-, he said he'd be up for coming back again, you know, if, if it's right and if it does-, does the character justice. And you know how much Andrew Garfield loves Spider-Man, so you know he'd be up for it. So something with them where he needs help and he knows, oh, I can travel to a different multiverse now. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just go and get my, my brothers, my spider bros for help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes to their, he travels to their universe, universes, maybe has a couple of stops on the way. But in, when he accidentally drops into a different universe, maybe we see Spider-Man Noir. Mm. Maybe we see... Uh, I don't know, Spider Pig, uh, <laughs> or Spider Ham, um, and something like that, maybe. But obviously, you think that might take up quite a bit of the runtime. But if it's anything like Endgame, it'll be like three hours. So that's my selfish fantasy booking for, for Spider Man. Here's how that's a good angle. So here's how I would take it Spider Man 4, I would make definitely Street. Like, I would make, uh, here, let me see if I could find it here. But one of my favorite Spider-Man stories of all time is, uh, I can't find it right now. It is uh, Peter David's uh, Death of Gene DeWolf. 
Okay. That's one of my favorite Spider-Man stories ever. It's just a crime story that involves Daredevil and Kingpin and Spider-Man and the Sin Eater who is a serial killer and he kills people who feels like are sinful and wrong. So he kills Spider-Man's police friend, Gene DeWolf, who also they had a romantic connection. Spider-Man also already has the black suit influence. So he's already in a very rageful attitude. And then Daredevil, he's a lawyer. He has to defend a lot of murderers and people in court. So Spider-Man already has tension with Daredevil. And it kind of blows over when she's dead. So Daredevil is trying to stop Spider-Man from killing him. And they actually get into a fight. And Spider-Man and Daredevil have a pretty violent fight. Mm -hmm. And... So it's like a crime story about humanity and anger and and just rage. And it's pretty similar, if you really think about it, to how Matt Reeves, like Matt Reeves probably took inspiration from that, from the Batman, because there's a lot of similarities in Peter David's work and Jeff Loeb's work and stuff like that. And a lot of the same styles helped to influence the Batman. So that same formula could work in Spider-Man 4 with that crime angle. So that's how I would make it. I would make it very street level. Uh, I don't know which story angle they need to make it, but just that vibe of Death of Gene DeWolf, just that street level, you're aware of your morality, intense vibe. So that's how I would have Spider-Man 4. Main villain has to be Scorpion. Have the mm-hmm. Kingpin involved somehow. Make him a main villain. And uh, have Daredevil in there. Because Spider-Man... I know some people say Spider-Man should have a movie where he stands alone. But Spider-Man works best when he's with characters and stands above him and still shines. So I have no problem if Daredevil's in there. And Charlie Cox would love to do that. And I <laughs> doubt that... I doubt Sony's going to let them have Spider-Man 4 or have uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil born again. So there's a better chance Mm -hmm. that he's going to be in Spider-Man 4. So just put him in Spider-Man 4. And that's a perfect way to kind of evolve the character and up the ante from No Way Home. So I think it works. Then uh, have some elements of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and born again. Like, I I would really love that. Like, I think that would be a way, like, if if you're going to have the effects of born again into Spider-Man 4, I would love if Spider-Man was in born again somehow, some way, but if they're not going to do it and just wait for the payoff of the big film appearance ever since no way home where he's been, that's where I would take it. I would also have a bit of a time gap. So have, this is going to be an an MCU where president Ross is president, right? Like it's president Ross. So you have the Thunderbolt. So there's this negative attitude to, to superheroes, I would imagine. So have Spider-Man operate in a world like that. And that's and make the secret identity super important to him. That has to be a big thing. Never take off the mask. So have more scenes of the mask. In terms of look, please get rid of the CGI suits. Let's make it look a bit more practical, please. Let's make it look more like the Toby and Andrew films. Have a bit of realism in there. Don't make it look so cartoony. Keep the moving yeah. lenses, though. Keep that same red and blue suit. That is a brilliant suit. That is the best Spider-Man suit live action, in my opinion. The red and the baby blue. I love it. Keep that. Um, so yeah, don't have any black suit influence until Secret Wars. That's how yeah. I do it. Just, just, just keep black suit. Have Spider-Man slowly get into the mindset where the black suit would be an option. Build up to it. Um, so that's how I would do that. Um, and yeah, have have Kingpin, have Scorpion, have scenes of actual web swing cinematography, like Amazing Spider-Man Two and the Raimi films. Tom Holland oh, yes. Spider-Man, admittedly, hasn't had great web swinging sequences. So let's change that let's get you know (laughs) let's get more let's get more camera angles like you know the drone camera angle from the one movie that came out with michael bay jake gyllenhaal was Mm. in the movie they like robbed an ambulance or something and the drone was following the action and it was like a roller coaster perspective have that for a spider-man film come on like i actually want to get this feeling of web swinging in there um so i have that and then tonally don't make it nearly 
as comedic, make it a lot more serious and gritty, have a bit more quipping, make Spider-Man more like a man now. No more of the Spider-Boy, oh my God, did I just do that? Make him more of a man, like, what are you doing? Like, stop going over there. Have him more assertive, have him more masculine. Let's have more of a mature Spider-Man. Have a bit more of an emphasis on the comic book elements, right? Like, so that's maybe have him go to, you know, NYU, delivering pizza, have a broke apartment, struggling rent to rent, struggling making friends, anxiety problems, have that be a, a struggle. Make it feel more like the Toby films, but with an original spin on it, you know? Mm. Um, I would have a hint to the Fantastic Four somehow, some way. Oh, okay. Uh, that, you know, because Johnny yes. Storm and Reed Richards. And um, and then finally, not but last, not last but not least, uh, um, I would get a new director. Like, I love what John Watts did with the character, but I want to brand new tone and i want brand new spider-man action sequences and i want i want scenes that will be memorable right like the train scene and spider-man 2 is memorable versus the boat scene in homecoming is not there's a difference so you know have a lot more of like that adrenaline rush get a new director in there that's how i would do spider-man 4 um and then kind of have him in a place where he's you know, mature, and he has the experience to help out with King Dynasty. Because if you look at the Avengers right now, it's Carol, it's Thor, it's She-Hulk, it's Shang-Chi, it's Shuri, um, it's Sam Wilson's Captain America. Um, yeah. That's a trash lineup. <laughs> so they could really use some help. So maybe have maybe have Spider-Man come in and help out. Like it fits. That mm. that's that's how I'd book it. Make him a main character. Have him have a story where he's kind of delving into darkness, trying to beat Kang, and uh, then you have the black suit in Secret Wars. Yeah. yeah, That's how I would do it. That is over our time, guys. We had a blast doing this episode. Just to mm-hmm. round up, we talked about the Elimination Chamber. I'm super excited for WrestleMania, Cody, Sammy, and Roman. We talked about the DC slate and movies and what our thoughts and opinions are, and then you know, Ollie is not a big fan of, of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Spider-Man and that news in the fantasy booking, you know, it's 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 just crazy just the power Spider-Man has on Marvel alone, you know? Mm. A good Spider-Man movie just revitalizes everything, so. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's the end of this episode. Before we sign off, uh, Ollie, do you have any uh, anything that the audience should be watching or reading that you want to recommend? Um. I've got something they should be playing. Okay. So, a lot of people who listen to this podcast probably will have already played this, but I've just completed the Uncharted games for the first time, and they're my favourite mm. game series ever. <laughs> so, really? everyone who's, lis- who's listened to this who hasn't played Uncharted, the I think the Nathan Drake collection is currently seven ninety nine on PlayStation Store. Buy it. Uh, yeah, play them games. My favorite of some of my favorite games of all time, and I played all four in like two weeks, so a bit obsessed at the moment. <laughs> That's sweet, bro. Yeah, I mean, then I'll, I'll follow suit if we're talking about video games. Um, you know, I just want to preface this by saying, um, you know, we do not support like bigotry or like transphobia or racism, we have no place for that. We do not support that. We acknowledge that JK Rowling has said a lot of horrible, horrible things about the trans community and we we are 100 acknowledge that and we recognize that and we do not uh, support her in any way at all 100 um so, so having said that because i did not pay for hogwarts legacy i feel like i can play the game 
because I didn't give her money. You know what I'm saying? So, Ellie, hey, hey, I'm just saying. I played Hogwarts Legacy. My cousin gave me the password to Hogwarts Legacy. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It's really, really fun. It's really, really? fun, bro. It's really, oh. it's really fun, bro. Like, we, we might have to do an episode on just the Harry Potter universe and just break oh, that okay. down, bro. Like, that. that's just some, hey, if the audience, if you guys want to hear... If you guys want to hear that, let us know. But no, uh, it's so fun. I was flying around. Uh, the combat is actually quite fun. Um, you know, it's 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 really really entertaining. I love Lumos. I love everything. Um, even even like the, the houses. Like I was selected for Gryffindor, but uh, <laughs> I went for I went for Slytherin. I went for Slytherin because the colors. Really. Are I went, yeah, just because of the colors. I just love green and silver. So I was yeah. like, I'm just going to go over there. And it's cool. The, the, the dormitory is underwater. So you already know I was down for that, you know, Aquaman vibes. So <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Like, like yeah, I'm Slytherin. So I'm excited, but I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a good guy, Slytherin. I'm going I'm to change. Oh, okay. I'm going to change up. I'm going to change, change it ways. up. <laughs> yeah like every time every time i like you know select the answer my character is going to have because it's like rpg element like that to you know finish conversations i always pick the nice answers so it's like oh, okay. one yeah. is like please uh could you help me out one is like you owe me help me out or it's like do you want me to curse you or something like that <laughs> i said hey please can you help me out so i'm actually well liked in slytherin house they're like you're so nice you're like unlike a lot of people so i'm gonna That's change cool. the culture cool. yes <laughs> play hogwarts legacy uh you know my recommendation it is fun but obviously if you know I, we would love to you know open the conversation to anybody to to change you know to, to just educate us on stuff we don't know right like we're not trans there's not less stuff we know uh we don't want to be ignorant on anything i'm just talking specifically about the game in terms of it was enjoyable and fun to play and, and it's really fun like that's just my perspective on it so um you know not supporting bigotry at all but uh, yeah with that that is the end of the show. I'm Zen. I'm Ollie. And, and we're the Invincibles. We're the Invincibles. <laughs>